0: Drink it in now. Touchdown Detroit Lions (laughs) Corn Bread, Corn Bread, Corn Bread. Drink it in now. Touchdown Detroit Lions! Fort Lion Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Uh. Kool-Aid. Detroit Kool Aid, Detroit Kool Aid drinkers, what's going on, everybody? It's Derek Okra, your host here on the show, coming to you on the Friday show. It's actually midweek. I'm recording a little bit early. I told you guys on the Wednesday Detroit Kool Aid cast that life is hectic, a lot going on. I was like, I got to get them a double pod. So if something important happened, then I'm recording before that happened. But I'm here today doing the Friday show. I'm gonna get you a Steelers preview. I might have a couple of rants up my sleeve. I'm gonna talk about how we win this football game. Lots, lots get into here on a Friday, everybody's favorite day of the week. So, thank you so much for joining me. Now, Lions coming off the bye week. You know, lots of moving parts, lots of players moving here and there. Now, you guys know here on the Kool Aid Cast, this isn't the show where we uh sit here and go all right everyone we're gonna start at the um we're gonna do the roster um tell you the roster a to z but hey it's a special week we're gonna go z to a we're really gonna change it up no we don't do that like there's other shows that do that you know they go ahead and give you the uh you know chronological this that and the other like on this show try to talk in generalities, I try to talk football, I try to enjoy the show with you guys, so here's what I got, a lot of people going in and out, let me just do this off the top of my head, I told you on the Wednesday show, no Odell Beckham Jr., even though the Lions need a receiver, need to sell tickets, need dynamic talent, at lots of different positions, they passed on him, okay, so that's out. They also moved on from Grandpa Darren Fells. Not a big deal. He didn't make many plays. I can't understand why he's going out anywhere. I pretty much guarantee by the time you're hearing this, nobody scooped up Darren Fells. I was very excited about it. Um, You know, they're bringing up Brock Wright. You know, at at tight end, another young guy that can has his chance. They've talked about putting Saint Brown at the Z receiver. Saint Brown really seems like a. uh, Like, he's unfazed. Like, he's just a positive guy, rookie, you know, looking, trying to find a spot, work hard. Like, he feels, sounds good about playing Z receiver, playing slot, wherever they need him. And I think you do need to force the football to him and Khalif Raymond and uh, Mr. Hawkinson, Swift, whoever you got to do. A lot more. And Dan Campbell has talked about throwing it down the football field. There's a novice idea. Maybe throw it more than three yards, you know, right in front of your face, Jared Goff. That would be a nice improvement. So... You know, they talked about doing some different things. You know, Dan Campbell, here's one thing I like about him. Dan freaking Campbell. Like, every time he steps to a podium, he he talks very open and honestly, but I do think he's a smart, smart guy. Like, I also think he's just, he's, I mean, he's not a whiteboard guy, I don't think, where he's drawing up X's and O's left, right, and center. But I do think he's very smart of just knowing what works, what doesn't, where they're weak, where they're strong, trying to get the best out of what he currently has, which we know has proven this season not to be good enough in regards to talent, but... When he does talk football about, hey, we can do this better. Hey, you didn't recognize this, you know, zone dog blitz off the backside. We got to be better there. Like, he knows the game. He really does. So, I like that a lot. Now, if I had to give a little advice to Mr. Campbell, the only thing I'd say is, like, we don't always need to be giving out every nugget to these reporters. Some things are a little bit tactical. If you have a guy that's maybe playing, maybe not, and they're impactful in the game plan, you might just want to say, like, we'll see where he's at at the end of the week or when the when the final injury report comes out. Because when he just tells you on, like, a Monday or Tuesday so-and-so is not playing, I think it does give the other team, like, oh, all right, cool, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Um You know, same with roster moves and and some of the things that are going wrong on his team. Like, there is a sense to be a little bit more tactful. Now, again, I've said before, it doesn't need to be the FBI. We don't need to hide every secret. You can be honest. There's no doubt about it. But sometimes he's a little too honest, too open in my opinion. So, look for that. But, uh, like I said, I'm trying to get these shows done, trying to have a little fun. So, let's just get right into a couple things right here. And, like, when you're talking about the Steelers preview, like... Like what a what a great franchise, don't get me wrong. I remember we had a tailgate years ago out outside of Ford Field and they were playing the Steelers and like this whole set of Steelers dudes rolled up right next to our tailgate. There's probably like six or eight dudes all with their jackets, their jerseys, their hats, and we were just talking trash all day while we we're grilling, throwing the football. And like I just remember my tagline for the day was, We don't like you." <laughs> But we respect you <laughs> because you cannot re- not respect the rings, the history, the way they built their football team, their head coach, um, you know, the the different type of ball players, the way they play the game. All that type of stuff is really impressive and important. So, you know, going to Pittsburgh is kind of a cool thing for Lions fans. I know I have multiple friends that will be out there at the game, taking in the city, the stadium, the bars, the... Um, You know, everything that goes with a Pittsburgh sports day. and, And like I said, what I think Michigan is out there for Penn State as well. So what a great road trip. I mean, I would love to be there. Don't get me wrong. That would be incredible. But You know, one thing I said, too, on the show before is I believe in the up-down theory in the National Football League. So, what, the Steelers have won multiple games in a row. They just got gifted another game on Monday Night Football with some shady, shady business by referees. I mean, let me know if you've heard that before. And, And, like, for me, it's like this might be a game where the Lions come in and get a W when it's really, really, really unexpected because I don't know if you guys know this, but the Jacksonville Jaguars just beat the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills just played the Jaguars and scored six points. <laughs> like, show me the person that had that predicted. Show me somebody that took the Jaguars in their survivor pool. I'll wait. Yeah, That's what I thought. Nobody. So, no one's going to give the Lions a chance. No one is going to pick them to win this game. No one is going to expect them to win this game on paper but like i say the weather's nice pittsburgh's got some faulty things on their football team lions can you know hold Najee harris at bay as well as you know keep these trio of receivers decent get after big ben who sits back there like a statue i don't know it, it definitely could be a hey we won we we'll take this team lightly we got this w and then bam <clears throat> Lions going to Pittsburgh and get a W. So that's not my prediction right now, but I'm saying that that's something I do believe in that when teams are hot, they fall and teams are a bit down. They show up and beat someone unexpectedly. A player on your fantasy team hasn't been having many good weeks, but he's got a nice matchup and he's a premier talent. That's when I expect them to blow up. That's kind of how I roll with the game. I, I don't do this. Well, you know, he, He's had two bad weeks so that must mean his third week will be bad or hey he's been injured so I'm sure he'll get injured this th- no like you know I don't do that I never will do that but I do believe in things flipping or kind of knowing when to look for that flip and this is this is one of those things you hear it in college football all the time this is a trap game right I think this could be that for the Pittsburgh Steelers Now, let's talk a little bit more about the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, one of the honored, storied franchises that I mentioned earlier, as well as one of the NFL's favorites. That's right. You know who it is. Pittsburgh. Dallas. The New England Patriots. The Chiefs. This year, the Los Angeles Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, now that Tom Brady's there, the New York Giants, (laughs) you know, all those teams that every year, they get special treatment from the league, they get calls, they are lifted on this pedestal, even when they have horrible rosters. I got a good buddy, Chuck Dahl. You guys have heard him on the show, Chuck the Magazine. He's always going to Barnes and Noble and then still buying a fantasy football magazine, even though it's 2021. You guys know him, right? This guy's a huge Dallas Cowboy fan. Dallas Cowboys, he he rags on the Lions. I'm like, what, what the Cowboys done in the past three decades? Nothing. Like, 20 plus years they haven't been uh, good or won anything yet. And he rubs it in my face all day. But here's the thing. So the, those type of teams, they get favored by the NFL. There's no question about it. And I actually like, like, I'll I'll hit up Chuck Dog. Oh, hey, man, like, good win by your Cowboys. Because the Cowboys are fun to watch, man. They got premier talent everywhere. They got an out, outward owner. They got great facilities. Like, they do it right. They do it top notch. And that's what I'm hoping the Lions will do either now or in the future. And, you know, but it doesn't make up for, like, the Giants have been horrible for now And they just, like they just get love in the media and they, they talk about all their pre and just like, why? Cause you, you're, you're in your team. Why? Because you're the, uh, the new flashy Rams or the Buccaneers. Like you just, it continues to happen. And like, I, I hate to go on an officiating rant right now, but, I, but now is a better time. Um, you know, there's no better time than right now. like, to please tell me that you guys don't watch the games every week and you're like, you have got to be kidding me that you are paid to do this. You watched it on a little screen in super ultra high def. You were in communication with probably, what, 10 other people? What do they say? Got to go call back to New York. Got to call back to the, uh, you know, whatever they call it. They always, always got to get New York in there about the headquarters. Like, you probably got 10, 15, 20-some people in there that all are highly paid. Got a million screens, a million reviews. And they get this wrong every week, multiple times a week. On the simplest of plays, these guys can't do it. NFL officials are ruining the games. <laughs> it's unbearable to watch flag every play. Half the flags aren't even valid. You know they don't still don't know what pass interference is. They're making up rules with the taunting and this and that. And the thing is, like again, you know we have fun on the show with the conspiracy music and this and that. But it's like there there's definitely times where I'm watching these games and I'm like. Uh, that guy can't believe that call. I am not saying that there's like something on, on behind the scenes with all the betting and things that are going on now, but I am saying that like I, I don't think a normal human being that has a good head on his shoulders and, like I said, is a paid official can look at some of these plays and make the type of calls they do. And then you got, you got, you know, the goofs up in the booth, Dean Blandino and. You know, Mike Pereira, who like come on and they're supposed to be the experts of the experts and they don't ever have a clue They, You know, it's an obvious incompletion. Oh, I don't know. It looks to me like he got his hands under that ball. The ball is obviously moving. Oh, I don't know. I think he got it and got his knee down. No, like every week. And like I said, go back and look. I would love somebody to do a study on like all these questionable calls to get reviewed. Go show me the stats, you know, on who gets those calls. I guarantee you, I guarantee you if you did a long study over years and years, it's going to be Dallas. It's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's going to be, I forgot them earlier, but they are the most smug of smug, one of the most favored, one of the most pampered teams by the referees, the Green Bay Packers. I mean, look at all the calls those teams get. And look at the calls where they don't give a crap about when it's in a Lions game. They just make up rules. They they just end of a game. Ah, oh, you know I I know they should have another possession, but we'll just we'll just call it and run the clock out. You know it's it continually happens. So it's just it's ridiculous to see these favored teams. It's ridiculous to see like them always lean towards the who's going to get the best TV ratings, who who do we want to see in the playoffs, who's going to make us the most money in the Super Bowl. Like we know it's a business, but it also can't be a business where you're just manufacturing results. Like somebody on Twitter was like, "Man, NFL officials now are like WWE, like it's just made up ahead of time and all they got to do is go through the motions to get to the the finish that they decided beforehand." Like that is what it feels like Sometimes, and it's got to stop. It really does. Like, you need people to here's a novel idea you have officials out there that are making these ridiculous calls have someone above the officials that can literally buzz down and go hey no you dumb idiots like we're not going with that call we're not going with that decision which is always stands like I saw it clear as day we're reversing that call or we're staying we're confirming that call we're not just saying stands because you're a lazy bum and you don't know what the difference is in in the game so it's got to stop you know the favorites and the referees just being... I think Mike Lombardi said on his podcast, like, these refs need to know nobody paid to come watch you. Nobody came to watch you throw flags. Nobody came because, oh man, I can't wait to watch this zebra call the game. I can't wait to see what he does next. No, they came to see the teams, the players, and, and things like that. So get out of the way and stop changing results of ball games based on horrible calls. It's ridiculous, especially when you know If you're playing one of the favorite franchises that's going against you, you might as well, like, hey, however many Super Bowls you got, that's going to be a a plus a half point for every Super Bowl that you got before the game even starts. Like, that's what it feels like. If you don't have any rings, you don't have any big-time playoff wins or any marquee talent, like, good luck trying to win in some of these ball games. So, there we go. There's my rant for the day. But... They're a favored franchise. I doubt the Lions will ever be a favored franchise when it comes to results on the field or... Love they get from the front office. You'll always hear behind the scenes, oh, they love the Lions at the team meetings, at the GM, at the owner's meetings. They're just one of the front line people. Like, yeah, because they're giving you sport Ford sponsorships or because they're, they're not giving you hell like all these other great owners who get up in your face when you make these stupid calls. We just continue to go along with it. Oh, no problem, boss. Like, we'll just tow the company line. What's it got us over however many decades? Nothing. So, there you go. Like I said, rant over now for real. So, let's do this. Before I get into kind of how they can win this game, things like that, let's take a quick pause for our great sponsor we come back. I kind of want to get into like some projected starters both in this game or moving forward this year as well as, you know, what are you guys expecting in 2022? Let's, let's put a couple draft picks in the mix. Let's put a couple, um, you know, skeleton lineups out there and see what we're looking forward to here while we're drinking that. Wonderful, delicious victory flavor Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. Uh... And uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll get my prediction out there, and then we'll get up out of here. So everybody, we'll take a quick pause. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com all right detroit kool-aid drinkers thank you so much for listening to our sponsors definitely i hope you guys are enjoying fantasy football i'm having a real fun fantasy football season this year one of the ones i'm most proud of like i'm in all these deep crazy dynasty leagues like those are going well i'm you know top of the food chain in my league of years and years with all my buddies just a simple ESPN league so that's been fun to be winning in that one got a good roster there but the one I'm kind of most proud of is that I I don't even know if it's out there I don't think I it, it matters that I'm bringing this up but it hasn't fully debuted it's kind of like in beta right now even if you can find it online it's called it's by pro football focus you guys know again I don't mention it too much but um, you know, I do work for Pro Football Focus, um, doing lots of work, uh, video and other things uh, for them. So that's fun. That usually keeps me busy basically from Thursdays through Sundays on the weekends uh, around all the other million things I do. You guys see my articles come out on USA Today Lions Wire where I'm, you know, writing fantasy football articles with a little bit of a Lions twist. Lions break down every week um, that those usually drop on Thursday mornings. And Pro Football Focus has this thing that they're testing out and they let me be a part of this year called All 22. And what it is, is fantasy football, but you you really build, like, a full roster uh, of 55 guys, um, you know. And, and what's cool about it is it's not based on, like, fantasy points. It's based on the PFF grades. So you basically get the player's grade times their position weight, which for like quarterbacks, is like 9%, um, nine point something percent. And then like a guard might be like 3.8%. However, they have it broken down. So you get the PFF grade times that percentage gives you the amount of points they scored. And then you have to, you put a legit NFL starting lineup out there, both offense, defense. You can actually move your, your setup too. So let's say maybe you got really great receivers you can tell it beforehand that you want to run uh, three wide sets this year. So you can get three starting wide receivers. Maybe you got some banged up receivers. Maybe you go to only two, um, two wide outs, you know, 11 personnel, whatever it is, if you got some tight ends. So it's like you can really customize it based on your team, as well as like you got to be strong at the best positions quarterback, defensive end, interior defensive player, corner. You got to have really good wide receivers. So I've had a ton of fun with that league. And again, the draft came really quick. I tried to prep a little bit as best I can. Um, Eight and one, eight and one in that league, really doing well and enjoying it. Um, every week it's kinda like real interesting to see how the scores break down and you're always trying to make sure, hey, you got an injured guy, they go on IR, you're trying to get another player in there, you got to look at your depth every week and make sure you got guys that you know, if, if you're a little thin at a spot, maybe you add a tight end, then next week you take that guy off because you gotta add a guard, cause you got a guy on a bye week. So Anyway, long and short is just to say, hope you're enjoying fantasy football. I'm really enjoying the All-22. I'm pro football focus. I'm trying to rack up those W's as well as if you didn't do it this year, why not? But go check out realitysportsonline.com. I'm telling you. It is the platform. If you love fantasy football, you can get a team. you got to balance the budget. You get to to sign guys to contracts. You get to really build a football team and have a lot of fun. And it's very easy to do. So definitely go check that out. So there you go. A little bit of an extended fantasy football plug there because I had a little extra time and I wanted to get that out um, so you guys can enjoy that. So I, I did my rant. I talked about the Steelers. Again, here's where I'll kind of come back from the rant. Like, I want the Lions to be like the Steelers. I want them to find that foundation, find that head coach, have that, own, have those people that, like, year after year, we put out a quality product, whether it be, you know, the Steelers, man. They've been ferocious on defense, and there's some years they're high-flying offense, but they do have some core principles, and I'd really like to see the Lions develop those as well and start to play more like a Steelers, more like a um, – you know, just some of the storied franchises that I kind of had fun with earlier is that, you know, they're storied for a reason because they, they solid top to bottom. They win, you know, all those things that we want the Lions to do. So hopefully they'll develop in that. Now, I told you guys we're going to do some projected starters both now and in the future. So, you know, when you're looking at this game on Sunday against Pittsburgh, to me, <clears throat> for the Lions, I think you're going to see a lot more Trinity Benson. Now, I know Brad Holmes, GM of the Lions, is quoted as saying who the hell is Trinity Benson before he gave up a fifth round pick plus for this guy? And if you ask me, most Lions fans are saying, who the hell is Trinity Benson? Because he's done nothing (laughs) still. And we're in week 10, everybody. But here's the thing. I feel like, you know, he came along slow. He hasn't made plays, had a few drops, had some mistakes, whatever it is. By now, he's up to speed on everything. They realize they don't have much else out there. So I really think you're going to see more of number 17, Trinity Benson, as well as St. Brown on the outside, as well as still getting excited about Leaf, Khalif Raymond. I think that he's going to continue to make plays more than you would expect. So they might be kind of a fun little trio to watch. Again, very under the radar, very low name value. But I do think Trinity Benson will be more of an impact player, maybe even be in a starting role by the time the season gets towards an end, and people will be a little more excited about this guy that they ended up uh making a trade rate right as the season got going, made a trade for him. Now, again, with, with you you gotta to try to win ball games, but I really just wanna see these young guys. So I think your starters, you're gonna be looking at a lot of Alem McNeil and Levi together. You know, I think they're gonna wean off Brockers a little bit just because they know what he is I think that Brockers come back and have a nice 2022 2022 for this team but I think that you need to see Levi and Aleem next to each other see what they got and uh, and and see what else you can do there same with uh, Derek Barnes I feel like as good as Anzalone's playing you can see that transition happening where he's teaching him the calls he's helping him out you would hope that Derek Barnes would maybe snatch that mantle and become the ball player there and anzalone be his his uh his robin to his batman you'd hope that would happen as well but when you're looking i mean you know some of the other guys are just set based on injuries and whatnot but when you're looking towards next year i mean if i just had to do it off the top of my head looking at both sides of the ball like decker jonah ragnow and sewell are penciled in right so you got four out of your five old linemen set you would think you'd move on from Hal Vaitai, so maybe you uh, get a cheap, you know, right guard veteran, but he's better than what we've had and cheaper. You know, on the outsides, you're looking at probably starting next year with, uh, you know, a high-end rookie, probably a rookie in the first, second, or third round that'll be out there. St. Brown hopefully could move him back to a slot or, you know, make him a a, a impactful piece but not lean on him as heavy as they, they will or have been, you know. I think that St. Brown though will be a nice piece here in the future for this team. They obviously didn't make any drastic moves, so I would assume you wouldn't do that in the offseason as well. So TJ Hawkinson um will will be out there doing his thing next year with more talent. DeAndre Swift, Jay Swag, both of them will be back. So you got a really nice core on offense, other than Wide receiver, you need depth at tight end. So those are the spots that I would focus in the draft. There's a lot of good receivers, again, as there always is. So probably second, third round would be my sweet spot, looking for a wide receiver. Now, if you get to the end of the first round with that Rams pick and there's a guy glaring that's just a dead stud that is speed and size, or he can separate and do all the things you look for, snag him up. Like, uh, we, we clearly know that we need a... Top end guy, and if you can't get one in free agency, then yeah, by all means, take one at the bottom of the first round and make him your WR1, no doubt about it. Now, when you look on defense, same type of thing. You're looking at the up front guys. To me, Brockers on this team, Levi, um, Ali McNeil's on this team. You know, I don't know if Austin Bryant's contract's up, but if he has one more year, I'd assume he's on the team. Both O'Quaras are on this team, Mr. Okuda is on this team, AO. Oh, baby, might have to say that about his career because, I mean, yeah, I'm keeping him, and yeah, he probably has another year or two left on a rookie deal, but I'm not enthralled. He's got to show me more. He's got to step up, but if he does, and plus because he's under contract, he'll probably be here. Uh, Tracy Walker, to me, is uh, interesting because he's showing that he should be kept, but I mean... What's Tracy Walker going to ask for? What's he going to get in the open market? Like, I would love to keep him here, but he seems like he would have to come at the right price. And I just don't know. I feel like he's either going to be too expensive or he's just going to be not good enough to really justify when there's other safeties you go out and get that probably be better. You know, consistently better, make more turnovers, whatever the you know thing might be. So... I don't know. I mean Tracy, I'd I'd probably keep him around if I can sign him to the right deal, but I don't I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing somewhere else next year. And then the linebackers. You know, yes if you have Derek Barnes, but Yes, they seem to love Jalen Rees-Maben, but I think you could make a lot of upgrades there. So as much as you like Anzalone, he's played decent. As much as you like Jalen Rees-Maben, I'm pretty sure both in free agency and the draft, you're going to be able to upgrade at one or two of those spots. And again, they only play like two linebackers most of the time. So if you get Derek Barnes and you get another beast in the first or through the fourth round, you're probably going to be good and then just supplement your depth with, you know, some of these other guys that you can find either veterans, mid-young veterans, or you know, even just a, a leader, a captain type. You need to find some of that. And then you need some more rush off the edge. That's another spot I'd be looking at. And again, if you have the number one pick, to me it's Thibodeau. You take him, you put him and Romeo on the outsides, and you blitz people from the outside linebacker spots, and you get after the quarterback. That's what I would do. So, again, I tried to pump you guys up on the Wednesday show saying, this is why you drink the Detroit Kool-Aid. I just gave you a lot of positions on both sides of the ball that are covered and you can say, oh, well, they're not covered. Oh, look how they're playing. Like, the thing is, they're covered at that baseline. And then you look for upgrades. You look for depth. You look to add the appropriate pieces at the appropriate time. That's what I think they're going to do. I'm not saying you all these guys I named off are all-world NFL deadnut starters. I'm saying that's a nice foundation to build off. And then it's like... Hey, this guy's better than our current linebacker. Hey, this is a better corner than AO, but doesn't mean he has to be off the team. Hey, this receiver is a plug and play, you know, guy that can get us 80 to hundred catches and, and a good amount of touchdowns. Those are the things you're looking for. And next thing you know, your team is just elevating based on its baseline. And now you're putting in guys in slots that are weak and now they're becoming strengths pretty quickly. That's what happens in the national football league. So I think that can happen and I'm excited about it. I really am. I think it can be really fun to watch. I think they could get really good once they get healthy again. And once they plug in these holes that I know look glaring right now, but I'm here to tell you, Frank Ragnow, Romeo, Decker, you know, Mr. Okute. these guys make a ton of difference. Those are like your top four or five, you know, type talents on this team right now. So if you add another rookie crop, a decent free agency class and maybe get a big name talent at one or two spots, you're rolling. And that's what I think they'll do in 2022. So there you go, everybody. Drink that in. Hold on. Drink it in. Let me pour it out for you. Drink it in. Uh... There you go. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. Um, all right. So let's finish out with this. I mean, how, how do the Lions get a dub ski in Pittsburgh on Sunday? I mean, here's my real quick breakdown of the game. Again, I'm not giving you defensive and offensive ratings. I'm not going to go down and give you PFF scores. I'm just here to tell you that Najee Harris is a ball player. I mean, he can catch, he can run. He's a really dynamic talent. He's a great kid, funny guy. I think he's going to be a NFL star for a long time. Now, the Lions usually have trouble with those type of guys because, yeah, they've been pretty good against the run at times, but this is a guy that can catch that little screen like Swift does, and he can be gone. This is a guy that can give you fits all over the football field. So I think you got to start with him, hold him down. You look on the outside for Pittsburgh Steelers. you got Claypool. You got you got Deontay Johnson, uh, just a, one of my favorite players in fantasy and one of my favorite players in the league now. And then you got James Washington, who everyone's written off, and he's got elite-type speed. Uh, you know, and Juju's obviously hurt. So the Steelers, again, doing something that I want the Lions to do. I want them to find that core. You got to have two real-quality receivers. The really good teams have three that can stretch you in different ways, and the really, really good teams can even go past that with tight ends, running backs, whatever it may be, and just spread out your defense. So, you know, again, it's not going to be easy because Claypool can go up all over you, either with his speed or his physicality. Washington can run past you. Deontay Johnson can cut you up route running. So they got a lot of issues on the outside. Now, my big thing is Ben Roethlisberger. Every time I've seen him this year – he looks like he's throwing the ball, soft toss. He can't move. I would just really try to get after him, speed up his clock, confuse him, um, hit him any chance you get. That's going to give the Lions the best chance on defense. They're going to need to create some turnovers and tip balls, whatever it may be, fumbles, try to rip rip at the football. That's going to be something they're going to have to put a focus on, I believe. On offense, I mean, again, the Pittsburgh has some nasty defenders too. You're looking at Hayward still up there doing his thing. Uh, You got T.J. Watt. You've got Minka in the back end. You know what I mean? And they got Devin Bush in the middle. You got Schober. Like, gosh, they got players at every level, right? So I know they haven't been a juggernaut this season. They were down. Now they're up. They could be down again. I said that earlier in the show. But it's not going to be easy for the Lions offense playing in Pittsburgh against this type of team that even like their holes. I mean they can cover up their holes when T J Watts unblockable and you got Beast in the middle and you've got linebackers that can play and you got Minka Roll in the back end. So I just think, you know, again, offensively, you're just waiting for that Jared Goff game where he makes plays, he throws it down the field. Hey, here's a thought. Maybe we get a couple penalty calls, a couple pass interferences where even if you don't catch it, it's still a 40 yard penalty. Those are the kind of things that flip the football field. So I, I think the Lions are going to have to try to. I don't know. I don't know if I get in a track meet or a slug fest with Pittsburgh. Like, I think that their best way to win is going to be in that. You know, upper teens, low 20s. So if I had to put a prediction on this game, again, this isn't one that as much as I want the Lions to get a W on the road at Pittsburgh, even though it's after a bye, I don't necessarily see it. So I'd probably go like, you know, 27 for Pittsburgh and maybe, you know, 21 for the Lions. Can they get three scores in there Um, You know, with the way Goff has been playing? I'll give them that. So 21-27. Um, you know, lose by a touchdown or so. But I think it still be a fun game to watch. I think there's going to be plays on both sides of the football. I think the Lions will have some tricks up their sleeve, as well as Jared Goff can't play much worse. Like DeAndre Swizzle coming off a bad game, he's going to be better. Hawkinson's ready to go. You've got some guys on the outside that have something to prove. So, yeah, that's that's about where I'm at. 27-21. I got Pittsburgh in this game. But hopefully then the Lions can come back and either get one at Turkey Day or against Atlanta or, you know, I'm hoping they get a few, to be honest. But it it, it is going to be tough. But uh, it wouldn't shock me if the Lions shocked Pittsburgh and come out of here with a three-point win or a fluky finish or a, you know... I. I don't know. I could see something crazy going on where the Lions win this ball game as well. So that's usually a Logan Lammer and Deer take where he kind of gives you the negative and, the, and then gives you a little bit of positivity, kind of rides that fence. But that's kind of what I'm going to do on this game because I'm really excited to watch the Lions again. I'm always drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. You know how we do. Drink it in, man. Uh... And I think the cornbread is that maybe they can get themselves together and just play a solid football game for four quarters and find a way to come up uh, at the winning end. Because Pittsburgh's been on a high note. Maybe they're on a low note. Cornbread! There it is. So, everybody, again, went solo. i got my great guests coming back. As well as I'll turn up the juice for you in the next couple weeks. Once I get a few things handled here on the busy scale. But again, don't tell people you're too busy. Enjoy life. Have fun. And I'll catch you guys next week. Right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in.